Why do you build me up? Build me up. Critical bitch just to make me cry. Make me cry. Cause someone might die in the worst of all. Worst of all. I'll leave a cliffhanger on the. Not unmasked, but it is the unsanctioned new media analyzing series of killer episodes and dramatics for anyone needing commiseration about stressful turnout, aka unmasked fan cast. And, and, and this uh, is fan cast. Yeah. 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 The Critical Bits uh, folks did a deep dive. After episode 31, that unfortunately has been lost to the sands of time and the internet. It got garfed. So, it got garfed. It literally man. did get garfed. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought we'd pitch in yeah. and do our own version of Unmasked. We have absolutely no inside information and no authority on any subject. So we're going to start with sort of some like character analysis, yeah. I think, uh, because we're- this was a very character-heavy couple episodes like mm-hmm. real quick like, there wasn't a some... lot of plot things happening but there was a lot of like emotional moments a lot of feelings real quick for some background um for those patrons who aren't a part of the amazing critical bits discord server the four of us have kind of garnered a reputation for um intense obsession and theorization <laughs> on the show and um Kaylin, so... i don't know what you're talking about yeah, I mean, really, says the you person three... who has the most contributions to our collective murder board. You three are the ones that really come up with the ideas. I throw in something crazy and just say it's probably true. So, what's a theory without a flail? Jen, Jen Kalen is real. <laughs> Jen Kalen, it's gonna happen, guys. I promise you. But yeah, so like as far as like character analysis, they sort of like the fun bunch sort of starts this arc doing their back on their bullshit of like repressing everything like we got jerry's big lie that actually doesn't last as long as i worried it would i was kind of worried that it was going to be like a long Mm -hmm. like prolonged thing of him hiding that yeah and and i bet that's what paul thought too (laughs) (laughs) he thought he was gonna get away with Um, that but it didn't really last that long actually it really only lasted an episode like yeah, like I want to say, like an episode in three episodes. quarters. Yeah, two uh, around two episodes mm-hmm. of lie. I mean, there was like the actual like real time like month of him not saying anything, right? But other than that, like yeah, it was really only two ish episodes. Yeah, like when when push came to to shove and like he had to say something, he, he said literally the least possible that he could. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. When he actually, mm-hmm. like, when he should have said something, he didn't. But when it was unavoidable, like when Alex mm-hmm. saw Jenkins in like that little mind palace section. Oh, well, I mean, after yeah. after Greg. Oh yeah, after Greg. Oh my god. <laughs> like Greg. when they, when they're talking in the car, when like the when car what home. he chooses to reveal at that time. Yeah, he does not <sighs> say it. All he mentions is like, I think I tapped into whatever Hoagie had. Yeah, which like smiley not long, face, but not the full thing. Well, and um, also because I was re-listening to that bit today, and 
literally Alex is like, oh, what do you think could have caused that? And he just doesn't say anything. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no. And so, and Alex sort of starts this, like, worried about poor, poor old Jer. And oh. Kim, I think, yeah, Kim is also worried, but, like, it doesn't get brought up till later, but she's scared now of both of her friends, which that sucks. Like, she's mm -hmm. legitimately afraid of her friends and, like, the possibility that they could kill her on accident. And, like, yeah. Kim's already, Kim's already a very paranoid character. Yeah, and she's not, like, unpowerful herself. She's, yeah, no, she's just shows packing some the, serious guns. Mm -hmm. but, like, the, the sheer heights to which the potential of Alex and Jerry's abilities have risen. Yeah, no, it's not quite there. Um, not quite god powers, but... Yeah, I have yeah. to imagine it would be so difficult for Kim because, like, when the show started and they're just a bunch of kooky teens that she's are, the like, big sister. trying yeah. to break into Ratfink's house, like, she is the most, quote, powerful abilities and the most practical, and now her friends are literally manipulating reality. <laughs> it's kind of funny because, especially at the beginning of the show, she definitely had the most offensive powers like mm -hmm. like like best for offense sort of powers mm -hmm. but she was very much whenever confronted with confrontation uh like backs off completely mm -hmm. like runs yeah which, and, which it, makes and sense. further built up that she still has a lot of potential considering like how early her de abilities developed in her yeah, childhood yeah. Mm -hmm. and like she definitely has the fear of god of her and what her powers can do but at the same time like she probably like was scared of herself after what happened in carlsberg mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and now she's sort of seeing like oh that's that's small potatoes compared to what alex and jerry could do yeah and then that this half of the arc goes on those feelings start to get brought Rise out up. a little more and mm -hmm. i think she starts to realize like how much she's kind of starting to resent that as well. I think this actually, like, episode Death Blender gives a good example of, like, how each of them react to losing control. Alex gets scared and she acts without thinking or she freezes. Like, when she blinks into Warehouse, it's because she feels like she's, like, lost control because Jerry's about to get kidnapped again or, or, like, he almost got kidnapped, got black bagged. So she just blinks in and makes things worse. Kim gets angry uh, and she runs, like, when she feels like she doesn't have control over a situation. Like, the con confrontation with the scale squad is a good example mm -hmm. of that. Like, mm -hmm. she gets frustrated that she can't really, they're not letting her leave. Mm -hmm. And once she has an opportunity, she just bolts. And Jerry, whenever he feels like he's not, he doesn't have control over something, he uses his powers to, like, take back control. Like, usually, like, risking himself and his safety in the process. In death blender you got an example of that with him healing the guy who ran into the fire hydrant you know oh god that poor guy <laughs> yeah like but i think a better example is probably like brunch factory they had completely mm. lost control of that situation and jerry was just like you know what fuck this powers off everything we're getting we're done i'm taking back control so i thought that i thought that was interesting on my re-listen i noticed that sort of mm. like you get a good a good feel for how they react to the sort of same situation yeah i also think it's interesting knowing that jerry is the doomed now mm -hmm. seeing how paul as the player chooses to use the doomed track powers yeah because that moment in particular stood out to me when i was re-listening to this arc that he basically without much hesitation you know shelby said i want to try and heal him and joel was like 
uh, I don't know. And and she was like, I've never done that before. Uh, Jerry has. And Paula's like, okay, I'm going to go heal him. And Joel's like, you're going to mark a doom track. And Paula's yeah. like, I know. Uh, you see the black smoke. And then I think it's really telling mm-hmm. for him as a player, mm-hmm. but also for Jerry as a character of the ways that he really is stepping up to use that power like he wouldn't use the doom power to get access into warehouse but to heal this random security guard who admittedly joel did make you know the most sympathetic villain in the history of the world if i die take my mom to chemo i've got kids we all shaved our heads together. But I think that's it's really telling that Jerry does want to take control of the situation. And I think it speaks to why he got in this position in the first place. That yeah, he was yeah. trying to yeah. do the right thing and protect his friends. And he knew that these bad people couldn't just go back to right. the organization that enabled them to put on prom you know right yeah. like he followed a very noble impulse to in a in a very weird and wrong direction is the <laughs> problem what do we each think about the mind prison because i know my reaction to it initially i know this is in 27 more it sort of gets brought up in like when it's finally revealed but like ethically yeah. like what do you guys each think about it because i'm a little on the fence about it because i'm not mm. i'm not sure I don't know. I mean, it's obviously not a long-term solution, but at the same time, they really haven't talked about like, okay, what are we going to do instead? I think it's horrible, especially long-term. Well, especially considering like the fact that the way that this portion of like the another side works or whatever it, it is in combination with the mind prison seems to distort and distend time a lot. Yeah. Kaylin, how do you like, feel about it? It's Janky not just Bear. the ethics of keeping the, the villains in there, but also um, poor Janky Bear. Liz yeah. seen in the episode 30 no. cold open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, he's kind of losing it a little bit. And it's just like the I idea think, does of. Does Jerry like, even realize that that's happening? He probably doesn't. And it's okay. like. Let me. Okay. Listen. I have never been more upset at this show than the moment when Jerry was in the mind prison and Jenkins was giving him great advice. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. Jenkins is growing as a person. He was put in a bad organization. (laughs) When Joel said that Jenkins gave him this good advice, Jerry called him his best friend. (laughs) And then Jenkins went back to looking at the twins with a blank look on his face. My heart shattered into a thousand pieces. Oh, God. I care so much about Jinky Bear and his desire to be Jerry's friend and Jerry called him his friend and he didn't even care because oh, he's stuck in this it's, stupid it, mind I think prison. One of, I think I one it. of my favorite little touches from that, that opening, the cold open is <sighs> like throughout the course of Jenkins's worry journal entries, he starts like just talking about himself like just in I statements and by the end yes. he's saying in third person statements like this will make you feel better right jenkins like he's dissociating oh god he starts starts addressing the worry journal like he starts off with addressing the worry journal and ends by addressing himself sort of thing yeah and he he says like he doesn't know where he begins and the innkeeper ends anymore or whatever the opposite Uh (laughs) uh-oh I don't so blame that him. I think ties into the fact that he doesn't react as much as you'd think he would to finally having Jerry call him his best friend. 
Well, and Kaylin, you've gone on the record saying that you get why he's obsessed with the twins. Listen, oh my gosh, (laughs) listen. I'm also obsessed with the twins. I hated them at first, but then when I I found out what they were at prom, I was like, I can get behind these like weird science experiment twins that are just a big mouth. Mm -hmm. I want to see them kill people. (laughs) I don't know what that says about me. General, I like how how do y'all feel about the mind prison? Like ethically. <laughs> I think it's a little messed up because like I'm trying to think like it's not exactly good for rehabilitation. Like it's not helping yeah, these no. people. It's just sort of like keeping them in a stasis. I feel like I'd be more mad afterwards getting out of that. Yeah, here's what I'm worried about is they're in their paradise right now, in uh-huh. essence, right? Whenever this mind prison breaks down or they get out of it, they figure out a way to whatever with these uh-huh. villains. How much more vengeance are they going to have for the fun bunch? Because they've been in paradise for however long and now that's been snatched away from them. Yeah, because like you can say like, oh, when they come out, they don't remember. But that's not a guarantee that that will always be the case. Joel is the yeah. GM. There's no guarantee of anything. <laughs> um, and just generally, even in best case scenario, like, oh, let's say they manage to like get them all out and they definitely don't remember the paradise stuff and they only are exactly as they were. There's still, I feel like it's going to be like some like psychic trauma in there somewhere that mm-hmm. they're just repressing and is going to manifest in some terrible way even if they don't know why yeah like real trauma sort of thing or it's like you may not remember it but it still affects you mm-hmm. what about you amy what do you think well i was gonna say as messed up as it is it's also like a testament i think to shelby and paul and uh shannon because it's like oh they're playing teenagers so it's like okay Mm -hmm. if you have a teenager who's scared and just trying to protect his friends he's probably not thinking about the nuances of how to abolish the prison system he's just like how do i just like separate (laughs) these people i understand that they they talk kind of like 30 year olds sometimes but (laughs) yeah like they still have developing brains jerry is very smart just because of like how paul has him speak like Jerry's yeah. like, <laughs> which I don't it, it doubt, but comes I guess across as him like referencing things he shouldn't know about, but he's just very <laughs> well spoken. What I mean by that is like, I know necessarily justify the mind prison, but I can see like his reasoning and like what drove him to do yeah. it. I think 27 was critical because before you see kind of that month before you're just like, Oh, Jerry's having a cool moment of truth. And it's like, wait, what did he do? Mm-hmm what's happening and like ah shit (laughs) that bit at the end of 26 still stands out as like one of the most like flooring moments of the entire Mm. show for me yeah yeah also i've said this to kaylin my critical flaw in life is that jerry is my favorite so i was very happy to see the turn of events i'm like okay he's just trying his best he's not doing the right thing but he's trying his best alex though alex gets angry she gets angry and i love you love to see it um (laughs) you hate to see it but you love to see it yeah you hate to love to see it um but yeah alex gets pissed and i yeah i was i was here for it because like i think they talked about it in a different 
deep dive when they were talking about Alex after she got shot and everyone was asking if she was okay and instead of like bright chipper Alex you know she you know she got pissed she's like stop asking me if I'm okay I'm not okay and it's the same thing here where it's just like stop trying to talk to me I need to just process this on my own mm. yeah um, I, and I can I can really relate to that of that feeling of like I don't want to talk about it I just need to be alone for a little bit my own personal opinion is like she should have texted them that she was okay <laughs> like yeah like I, I, I understand why she didn't but that doesn't yeah. necessarily excuse it yeah i've talked about this before but like when my friends don't text me that they're home safe i start freaking out so like the idea your friends don't even disappear literally yeah no my my (laughs) friends don't have scary god powers um (laughs) alex get angry and blow up a tiger (laughs) (laughs) okay before i forget i just have to say i really love when kim's talking to jerry after that moment because like mm-hmm. so much growth because usually her and Jerry both like repress and he, she's like here let me help you through this like you did a bad thing yeah. but like I'm still your friend mm-hmm. I, 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 I just so really much. love Kim this arc Kim is yeah the sort of like hyper competent yeah <laughs> uh, yeah that sort of like hyper competence you get after like being traumatized many times where you're just like I know how to deal with this because I've been through a lot I'm gonna help yeah. you deal with it mm. You know. While also still being allowed her own like vulnerabilities yeah. and yeah. frustrations as the arc goes on. Yeah, Listen. like you see a little bit, you see a little bit of it in Teen Friends, and then it goes full force in Death Blender. She finally mm-hmm. gets her moment of like, y'all, y'all need to stop this. Episode thirty was so good for me to listen to because. Mm. There are many ways that I am just Alex (laughs) in the way that we process things. And the fact that her anger boiled down to her not being able to do anything for her friends and being like, yes, Jerry lied. But when it really went down to it, she needed space because she had to process the fact that she wasn't so much angry at Jerry as she was angry that she felt like she had failed Jerry in being there for him when he was making these choices and decisions. Mm -hmm. And that's me <laughs> in a nutshell <laughs> that I'm I'm hardly ever angry at people but when I am I'm less angry at what they're doing and more angry that I couldn't stop them from mm-hmm. yeah. making the yeah. bad choices but let me tell you I was so excited when Kim finally got to have her blow up at the gym yes. <laughs> because they have been like off in their little dimensions <laughs> processing all their, their cosmic own emotions teen god drama having their little best friends <laughs> chat in their special little dimension they can both <laughs> teleport to or well, Alex can teleport to and bring friends there and poor Kim is just stuck all on her own and she hasn't really had close friends I mean she no. said that multiple times she hasn't had friendships like these and granted they have only been friends for what like right. a month and a half and, yeah <laughs> but, but like, yeah like even like her vision of hell back then and like part of it was like seeing Alex and Jerry happier without her. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And I was just so happy when she got yeah. to go off. Yeah, it was no. Great. Yeah, you were talking about uh Kaylin about like really relating to Alex. I can really mm-hmm. relate to to Kim. That's sort of like like I was saying earlier like sort of like hyper competence and like wanting to like all right, let's let's take care of this. Let's get it done with and get out. I can very much relate to that. And also the sort of feeling like, yeah, like worrying that like, would my friends be happier if I wasn't there? Like that's, Mm -hmm. yeah, that hurt. 
like listening mm-hmm. to that in Tom Vault and then seeing the sort of like she gets like mad when she gets back to Alex and Jerry and sees mm-hmm. that they're just playing on the swing mm-hmm. and it's like it's oh, almost God, it that feels, was like such a heart sinking um, into the ground moment yeah I, like you gotta like wonder like if there's a little bit of resentment there that they got to have the normal childhood that she didn't get you know ah mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was it was a lot ah uh, these episodes hurt. <laughs> How rude of them to make us feel things. <laughs> How <Gosh>. rude. <laughs> We're taking you away our why money. They, why they wanted to do a mid-arc deep dive. Yeah. so oh much God. to get into. <laughs> and we haven't even started on all the crazy lore stuff. But we'll just, yeah. We, yeah. we haven't, like we haven't even finished with the character stuff yet. Yeah, like with Jane. Oh my God. Yeah, I, when I was listening, I noticed like, like the parallels between what happened uh, in Carlsberg and what happened yes. in uh like teen friends and death blender mm. of them just like bouncing um mm. on her and it's not exactly the same obviously but like she finally got close to somebody and then they just dipped mm-hmm. you know mhm uh, and just like that's oh man that's got to hurt and yeah especially like seeing her again in the warehouse context and then immediately having someone bounce on her yes yeah bringing all that back and then hammering it home Hmm. yeah like they just got back from a beach she confronted it in the form of what's his face police dude man with the sentient gun sheriff duke sheriff duke Duke. (laughs) right there's a lot of police in Um, this podcast (laughs) <laughs> that's fair i know i have uh, trouble thinking of him as anything other than mark Mir. yeah and then like two days later she's seeing her ex-girlfriend and all those feelings of abandonment popping back up and she oh, literally yeah, turns right. around to find her friend who is not there anymore it's been yeah. less than 24 hours since she, since they learned aliens are real yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a lot for a for a teen I, i'm so glad that that everybody got to have like some very constructive yes. conversations throughout though mm, about mm-hmm. all of this all of these terrible feelings and how they can be pet to the use of being better friends afterwards yeah mm-hmm. I'm glad that Alex got to have her space, even if she should have texted. She got like Absolutely. all the moments she had talking with Wabe, working through mm-hmm. what she feels and why she's feeling it, and then being able to use that to speak with Jerry afterwards and work everything out. Not everything, but some the most important stuff anyway. And what I really love about this show is that they're able to have these hard-hitting emotional moments with each of the characters, but they never lose their sense of humor. Because, like, oh in God. the midst yeah. of Alex having her breakdown <laughs> on the other side, you've got Brantley and Jerry and Kim trying to sneak into <laughs> warehouse. And she trying to love the warehouse. post office. <laughs> and just, like, just the moment, the moment of, like, Kim ranting at Brantley... <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> just like yeah, just like ranting at this 13-year-old who's just like, "Man, y'all's problems are so cool." <laughs> just like <laughs> And it's just like it's just like you could feel Kim's anger in that moment, but it's just so ridiculous because it's like fucking Brantley. (laughs) Yeah, they're playing video games. I forgot about the post office. (laughs) Alex left that post office. I was like, we have to bring it up on a podcast. All her mail and stamps. Sorry. Should we Ooh, explain, by the way, because a lot of people probably don't, if they're not in the Discord, don't know oh my about God. the stamps yeah. thing. Stamps. Okay. <laughs> stamps. <laughs> okay. Back in episode, what, like, 20, 27. 28? 27? 27, oh, yeah. Right. 28 yeah. started this. 27. 
when Jerry and Jenkins are <laughs> setting up the mine prison, but it's a small joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jerry asks Jenkins if he wants him to get some shells. He asks if he collects shells. And Jenkins is like, I don't know if I've ever had a collection before. And then Jerry responds, I used to think I collected stamps. Then I realized I just got mail. And for some reason... Yeah, he, just, he just got a letter. Just got a letter. <laughs> yeah. And that got me real bad. And I was driving back from the live show in Atlanta with my <laughs> sister in the car. And I almost had to pull the car over. I was laughing so hard. And now if stamps enter my life in any way, unexpectedly, I just laugh. Should we make that video a Patreon exclusive? Of Caitlin yeah, just so if crying anybody laughing. was curious why they mentioned stamps out of nowhere. <laughs> so many that's times. Why. They've done it like three times now. Yeah, that that is why. Um, because... Kaylin absolutely lost her bananas. Like, we thought she was going to die. She sent us multiple videos of her being unable to control her yeah, laughter. and that was hearing the episode again when it was released to everybody. Joel gave it to me early. So I was laughing about stamps almost a month later. Yeah, because it, yeah. it was still so funny to me. It's just the, the mental image of a poor little Jerry, like, being so excited. About having a collection. <laughs> and then his dad is just like, no, nah, it's a letter. You just got a letter. Cracks another beer. He yeah, doesn't so. even look up from the TV. He just says, no. that's a letter. God. <laughs> Oops, it got sad. That brings me, uh, speaking of Jerry's dad, we get to yeah. see him again. And it's, it feels different. It does. Yeah, they have that moment where it, it feels like it should be like how it was in the early episodes, but it's really not. It's really not. Because um, of what we know and what has been experienced. Once we get... Do we want to switch over from character analysis to lore? Because This and feels to- like a good segue into that, because some yes. of our lore theories and whatnot tie yeah. into this. Because I have a wild theory that goes along with, Jerry, with Jerry's dad. I, I think I've mentioned <laughs> it in the Discord before, but I don't think it's on the official theory thing. All right. I started the series in 27 after we found out more about Kim's parents, because it is implied in that episode that Kim's father worked for detention, making like mind altering things right because kim's father had psychic powers he had psychic powers and we know for a fact that jerry's parents were working on that like they were working on the bindwr technology Mm -hmm. and we also know that when like jerry blinked into luke williams's mind that it felt kind of like a mind palace or an the other side but like a simulated version of that yeah um so it's possible that they took like kim's dad's powers and sort of mimicked them with technology so like they potentially knew each other kim's parents and jerry's parents right because they talk about like game room stuff as being like a digitalized version of the other side sort of yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and my theory is the reason jerry's dad is like that and the reason kim's parents are dead is like that's related like, I think they went Ooh. into, once they found out oh, what no. was going down and what, what they oh, were no. doing with this technology, they were like, we got to go burn it all down. Um, and so once it all started going south, I think it's potential. And we've seen Jerry do this. I think it's possible that Kim's dad could have used his powers to wipe Jerry's dad's memory of the, oh, of the no. event. And that's why he's sort of like that. Either that or was, or was somehow forced to do it. Because I remember... Yeah. In 18, they the they mentioned that, like, Jerry's dad was brought home by daycare agents in that state. Yeah. And well, it's possible th- they, they basically were threatened that way. Yeah, they, it could have been, like, they got caught. And as, I guess, failsafe, uh, Kim's dad just 
wiped Jerry's dad's memory. And that's why he was able to essentially make it out and they were killed. Mm. So that's uh, my wild that, theory. That would be a fun twist. Like it, they imply oh, yeah. that like daycare did this to him, but they ne- daycare never actually said they did. Yeah. I wouldn't use the oh. word fun. Oh, no. <laughs> my heart hurts right now. Oh, oh no. I also have a, another wild theory that is related to that wild theory that Jerry's mind powers come from Kim's dad because the yes. Gingham's yes. tried yes, to Yes, I think use... we are on board with this one too. Yeah, For like sure. they tried to like give themselves mind powers using Kim Kim's dad's DNA. And so they are yeah. technically, Kim and Jerry are technically siblings. Special so science she, siblings. And so she has, I mean, she already has a family, like found family and all that, but then it's like, she has a brother. So. And uh, one one little nugget I picked up on a re-listen of 28 was just the the line that all demons have an inherent connection to another side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't guarantee anything, but it yeah. is like. Okay, hold on. Something. Dira just had right now. <laughs> Real time Caitlin theories. Are you ready? <laughs> go, go, go. What if. In their experiments, Jerry's parents somehow also made contact with the hell planet and used hell demon DNA in their experiments. That's what I'm proposing, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they made a deal with the devil to get a child. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I like how it went from just stealing DNA to made <laughs> I'm just saying, you could argue. Uh, Hell has lots of like better technology than yeah, it could have been like 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 it's like the trope. They of, could like, manufacture DNA like that. Yeah, it's like just the trope saying. of uh like oh let's make a deal with the demon so we can have a kid, but it's also <laughs> but it's played out like oh we just went to hell to get their better health care. Special Cripit's way. We got uh hell in vitro. Can I? I'm just gonna read something from our murder board because it makes more sense to me if I just read it. Is that all right? Yes, yes, yes. Because there's a lot of threads in this one thing that I want to bring together. (laughs) So, um, this is just from our our miscellaneous section. So, Spider Day is when the active portal to hell appeared. Uh That was during leg two. uh, The portal to hell appears. This was also the day that Wallace H. Dale died. That was confirmed in 27. And it was the same year, if you do the math, that Mayor Jonah Jackson was elected and Zack Slaughter was ousted. Yes. This is also around the same time period that the Ginghams and Hugh were probably, or like Kim's father, Hugh, were doing their work, possibly for daycare and detention. We now also know about security, which is tied to at least one demon and maybe Mm. tied in with the same acronymed org ecosystem that includes daycare, detention, lifeguard, and all of those other ones. And warehouse we, we know is connected to detention now at this point as well. So we don't know what that all means yet, but it does point to very strong connections (laughs) between, between hell, the mayor's, the research, and all of these shady acronym organizations. It means something. We just don't know what yet. It means something. It's gotta mean something. And then I, I here I wrote Pepe Silvia Dodgif. Listen, Pepe oh, Silvia man. is just the mood of the podcast. It's the mood of this fan cast, definitely. <laughs> but I do think if, if like... If the hell if the hell portal arrived around the time that all this research was being done, that definitely provides ample opportunity for like researchers curious about this to study it, potentially yeah. go into it, make contact, make some deals, make some like science. <laughs> I mean, knowing humans, that's probably a terrible idea. Leave them alone. <laughs> leave, well, the leave demons hell don't know alone. that at this point. <laughs> we don't want to ruin it. 
Um, I mean, Alex and Jerry and Kim basically already have ruined it by introducing colonialism. I mean, they didn't because because they ousted a leader, but they didn't like try to take over. They just like they didn't put in a new leader. They they just like she did. They they went into a foreign, like a sovereign foreign nation, and deposed a leader. Left a power vacuum. They did a little bit of a CIA, just a little bit. <laughs> we haven't um, even really talked about the fact that this whole arc started with going into hell. It started by going into hell. Oh my gosh. To literal I didn't really even take any planet. notes on that because I didn't think it would come up. Also, I'm sorry. I was just doing the re-listen. Um, is anyone else terrified that Jerry told the demon his name? Oh my god. A little. A little about you the know. compulsion part for sure, because mm. that shouldn't be part of like alien demon lore. That's demon demon lore. <laughs> oh. I mean, they had to get it from somewhere, right? Like what? I guess. What does that entail about him knowing it? See, that's why I think there's so much for me to be worried about with the plot of this podcast. That that's one of those things that I'll worry about it later when it comes up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the capacity to even like add it to my list of worries. Um, I have another wild theory, if I may. Yep. Um, I think the Goku, Goku boner pills, we know they're, like, in association with detention. Yes. We also know that detention is, still has a bunch of kidnapped teens. Mm-hmm. They're still down there, as far as we know. And adult heroes, uh, and adult, I think. And adult heroes. And we know that they were, like, harvesting their powers, essentially. Mm-hmm. S- like, not sapping it from them, but, like, like charging up little batteries full of- mm-hmm. A superpower, and then you can like plug that into somebody. Oh my god, is this why there's so many more villains on Crit Bits than there are heroes? Maybe. Um, but I like, mean, I know the real reason is just that Joel loves creating villains, but still, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, it also could be like they could also have like heroes in their in their roster, like heroes and villains employed by detention. But what my thing, my theory is, is that the Goku Bunner pills are being made like using those those batteries essentially like that they they are like essentially getting the powers from these comatose teens that would make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that i think that's a plausible i mean we know for sure like joel has said as much that the the boner pills are the key to everything oh my god i'm so i'm so bad that i had to say that out loud just now hey hey, joel hey joel i know i know you're listening to this fuck Fuck you (laughs) i hate this I don't want to have to say the word boner in a serious concept, uh, like, the context. Yeah, like, we probably actually don't have too much to say about the lore, because, like, a lot of this arc is, like, the emotional stuff, but we did get into a lot of stuff about, like, how the different sides work and, like, Mm -hmm. who can use what and how how the powers are distributed and also what the planes are like. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? Anything else we want to address before we sign off? Well... Uh I'm the queen of finding, of finding random insignificant facts and turning them into huge theories. Um, the way I do this is I find some random throwaway line and then just write, it means something. Um, yes. <laughs> so in preparation for this episode, I did uh, create my own worry slash conspiracy journal. Oh, yeah. You posted pictures of it in the little chat we have. Yes. Kaylin, how long I is have, it? It's 13 pages for oh just these God. episodes. Um Now, granted, a lot of that is in all caps, so it takes up a lot of space. I just wanted to quick rapid fire some of my it means something moments. Yes, 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 Uh, yes. yes. Just the highlights of the journal. First of all, I will say I used to have a clock in my office and I had to get rid of it because when it would get quiet at work, it would tick really loudly and it stressed me out. 
So Ooh. thanks for that, Joel and Paul. Uh, Walter knew about the other side. Alex doesn't like guns. This means something. That's all I've dun, got. Dun, dun. So many Lisa Frank references this arc. It means something. <laughs> I mean, the other side is full of like rainbows and unicorns and shit. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, listen, what if... Lisa Frank, Lisa and Frank, the the therapist, and or Lisa Frank, the creator, are just pure other side energy. Whoa. What if Lisa Frank is producing Goku boner pills? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Jerry's grandfather is a twinesman, and it's so carelessly thrown in by Joel, as a, or I mean by Jerry, I, Paul, whoever. <laughs> it's carelessly thrown in by Paul as a throwaway joke, but I bet it means something. <laughs> Twine we now is know that Jerry back. had a grandfather that we can now exploit for plot reasons. Jerry yeah, had yeah, a yeah. grandfather that he at least knows a little bit about. We don't know if he's a paternal or maternal grandfather, but that doesn't matter. He collected twine, and that twine was important to him, enough so that it got passed down to Jerry, and Jerry carries it with him. That seems to be like a gingham family thing where, like, they all collect, like, weird... <laughs> In, in Jerry's doorknobs. So then, what's Jerry's the gonna? What is? What will Jerry inherit as his weird collection obsession? Is it stamps? stamps? I'm here for that. I was gonna make him. I was gonna make a mean joke and say it was trauma, but oh, stamps no. is good. No. <laughs> oh wait, no, 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 no. It's it's not. It's not that. It's not stamps. It's uh, supervillains. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh no, you're right. I'm upset. You've upset me. Uh, the clouds, they mean something. We keep referencing the clouds. You, and yes, actually, we have to talk about this. Yeah, Jake in the Discord server proposed a theory that I dutifully took down in my personal Kalen and Co.'s Theory Express board. Uh-huh. Um, uh, courtesy of Jake, the clouds in Heavendale are possibly connected to the prosperity of the city. A weather control system regulating climate change, perhaps? Considering oh. Wallace H. Dale was about making Heavendale a utopia, a self-regulated weather system seems plausible. Now, mm. my big brain theory is that Wallace H. Dale is in fact an alien. <laughs> <laughs> I have no basis for this other than I thought it was, it made sense at the time. I mean, if people didn't pick up on the fact that extraterrestrial is an alien, how <laughs> easy Alex would it be for Wallace didn't. H. Dale to hide as one? <laughs> I'm just saying he came out of nowhere, wanted to create a utopia. What if he's from hell? <laughs> what if there's another planet called heaven and he's from there? We did posit the existence of a heaven planet, possibly, yes. Yes. But like, okay, hell was falling apart. Climate is off the charts there. Who's to say Wallace H. Dale isn't secretly a hell demon that came to Earth (laughs) and the reason he died (laughs) during Spider Day (laughs) is because he just went back to the hell portal because he missed his own planet. Yeah, he noticed it was there. It's like, oh, sweet. Yeah. We don't don't have to walk. So... (laughs) Could be true. Although we did have a slightly more serious theory about about Zack Slaughter. Um, possibly, like, we, we know from Spider Day that, like, mind wipe devices exist, like the MIB style, like, flash ones. Yeah. And we have a theory that not only did Jonah Jackson have one of these, but Zack Slaughter had one, and that's why nobody seems to remember key details about him. Ooh. So he has wiped something important from the history of Heavendale. So that was episode uh, 28 and episode 29. Uh, Kim's shoes are imbued with another side power. It means something. I don't know what yet, but it means something. Okay. It definitely means she's got cool fucking shoes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh two, two more little things I want to mention before we, before we 
wrap up. They're not like the best enders. So if anybody has anything after this, uh, oh, I still have. I'm in. only I'm only on page four. So <laughs> do we want to do we want to go through all of them? <laughs> Find the I, best ones. <laughs> I yeah. I at least need to go through my big theory that I'm sure is true, one hundred percent. Uh, stamps they keep coming up. Next villain group operating via postal service. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yifrom is always watching home renovation. It means something. I haven't figured out yet, but it does. Obviously, these are intrinsic powers Alex has. We know, we now know both Kim's parents and Jerry's parents are connected to daycare or the hero initiative. We know nothing about Alex's parents. It must mean something. I think it's been stated that they're just like normal. <laughs> How normal. (laughs) It was also stated that Kim was a crime orphan and we found out about her parents so things can change. The swings seem normal, but what if they aren't? They could mean something. (laughs) Billiam Jenkins, the security guard. Both of them were clearly bad, but had good intentions deep down. A golden heart. Where are they getting these low-level villains? Additionally, building on that, Kim isn't the only confirmed crime orphan. It means something. I don't know what yet, but it does. We had the theory, you know, how Johto 2 would constantly say, we'll talk about it later. Mm -hmm. Uh I mean, clearly that means something. And more seriously, we had a theory that we'll talk about it later means that Johto, Johto was still inside Jerry while he was doing all the setup of the mind prison and all of the like mind wiping Yifrim and all of that. Johto yeah. saw all of that. Yeah. And that's what we'll talk about it later refers to. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a slightly sadder one, but I... <laughs> yeah, um, she definitely got her uh, trauma processing coping mechanisms from, from her dad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll deal with it later. Uh, We'll deal with it later. <laughs> Another little, little, like, tiny tidbit I picked up on was I, I did a little bit of re-listening to Brunch Factory in recent memory and mm-hmm. noted the fact that uh, Yifram's eyes flare black at one point. Ooh. Oh. Ooh, no. And never, never mind that he oh. was the first venue by which we discovered the other side. Oh no! Yeah, but was that? Do we know if that was the other side? Or yeah, we don't. We don't know which it which it is. I think it was. I think it was the other side because they ended up in a white room and it was where Wabe was. Hmm. And also, he like flared like red when they found his spirit later, which yeah, is consistent with how the, was... the other side works. That's true. Well, they were okay. on the other side in the Tom Vault. Mm-hmm. So like that was a part of the other side. So like if it seems like if you're feeling very very angry, but yeah, like it, um, it suggests to me that like Yifram had some kind of connection to the other side. That oh, for yeah, sure. All side. Of this. I mean, it's not impossible that he could have been connected to both. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like but the last the last one I wanted to mention I think uh, was one was a theory that is maybe busted, but who knows? Uh, so. Before the reveal of the Scale Squad in 31, um, I had posited a theory that we knew a new villain group was coming that upset Paul greatly <laughs> because of tweets that had come, that had gone out. Um, yes. And around that time, Paul's username on the Discord changed to Heavendale Legion of Commerce. <laughs> so I posited the theory that the new villain group would be the Heavendale Legion of Commerce and they would be made up of all the connections between like security and warehouse and anyone related to like retail and manufacturing in Heavendale and all the restaurants and all the businesses and the final boss of Critical Bits would indeed be capitalism. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, um, and beautiful. of course that specific theory was busted, but yeah. 
I still it was posit in fact. It that was in this fact does not rule one. out. <laughs> this does not rule out capitalism being the final boss of critical bits. Absolutely, <laughs> it could still be building up to capitalism. Very <laughs> easily, Isn't it always building up to capitalism. <laughs> the final episode is just the revolution. Okay. And with that somewhat grand theory, let's lead into Kaylin's biggest ever theory. Yes. yes. I, listen, I have cracked open the secrets not only of Critical Bits, but also our own reality with this theory. So this is my greatest theory that I have ever come up with. And it takes up a whole page and a half of my notebook. Um, mm -hmm. It happened in episode 29, which, as you recall, is new shoes. Yes. We come to meet one of my favorite new NPCs of this arc, <laughs> the Hairless Yeti. Now, listen, it got me to thinking about one of my other favorite NPCs from the show. Yes. The janitor. Oh. So we have a hairless Yeti and a hairy man. Wait, 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 wait. Is your theory that the janitor stole his hair? No. Okay. That's good, though. That's easy pickings, though, Lance. Easy pickings. Here's my. We're, we're here's on the right what, track. Here's what I initially posited: Is the janitor in fact an alien? He's like a manufactured thing, like the twins. I'm pretty sure. Yes, but could he have been manufactured with alien DNA? Ooh. If we, we are already positing this. that that's possible for Jerry, why uh -huh. not for Nate H. Cliff, janitor of Wallace H. Dale High? Best character. But then I realized, how could a hairless Yeti be in hell, and we here on Earth? have legends of a hairy yeti. How mm. could this possibly have, how could a smooth extroverted with many <laughs> inanimate objects as friends turn into a hairy introverted creature that tries to hide? Here is the theory I posit to you this day. <laughs> the yetis on earth are descended from an alien race. Here are my reasonings. One, the yeti, or here's my timeline. One, the Yeti family finds its way to Earth in a spaceship, in a portal, escaping some regime. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter right now, but they made it to Earth. Step two, the Yeti is used to a rocky and hot environment, a.k.a. hell, so they settle in a rocky area, but it's a significantly colder climate than oh they're used to. God. Three over oh. time, they develop hair all over. How embarrassing. Oh. Four, out of embarrassment, they hide and are uncomfortable with being seen. <laughs> Five, Yeti legends develop. Oh and it's God. just an ancestral memory. They no longer know why they feel that way. Yeah, it's their their own reasoning for being on Earth has been lost to time and over evolution. They just know they're ashamed of the gross hair that covers their whole body. So they hide out. And whenever people try and talk to them, they're like, nobody. I mean, they have some hair on their heads, but I have hair all over. This is the worst. I'm not interacting with these humans. And therefore they hide away. Maybe they saw how, maybe they arrived right around the time that the woolly mammoth was uh, almost extinct and they saw what happened to him. And it was just like, yeah, look, Ooh. These earthlings don't like them woolly things. We better hide out, fam. And that's how we got yetis. That's Holy my thing. shit. Kaylin, you cracked it, cracked it wide open. I know. I've solved critical bits. That's it. <laughs> Pack it in, boys. We're done. Yetis confirmed. <laughs> you thought this was a podcast about teen superheroes? It's really no. the origin story of the Yeti. That's it. Oh my Spoilers. God. The fun bunch were Yetis all along. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, real, uh, the real fun bunch was the Yetis we met along the way. We made the along way. the way. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's it. I think we've devolved into madness. <laughs> Or truth, we may never know. <laughs> I know in my heart. Yeah, we know in our hearts. 
But I think I think that's all we got. Let's do let's do a sign off. What's our name? The unsanctioned new media analyzing series of killer episodes and dramatics for anyone needing commiseration about stressful turnout. I'm Lance, probably. I'm Erin. I'm best assistant ever Kaylin. And I'm Amy. And this has been Unmasked Fancast. Yes, it's an acronym. Punch Joel in the face. <laughs> Punch Joel in the face. <laughs>